Chapter 4 The Kadambur Palace The many minutes of repose seemed to have done Vandyatevan's horse plenty of good. The young man set an excellent pace and reached the entrance of Kadambur Sambhuvaraya's palace within an hour's time. Many were the leaders of ancient clans that wielded authority under the banner of the imperial choras. Sengannar Sambhuvarayar was one among them. The entrance to his palace rivaled that of a city's massive gates. The walls that rose beside them resembled a thick unyielding fortress mudil as they wound their way on both sides. The entrance was teeming with activity. Elephants, horses and bulls stood cheek by jowl while their trainers jostled for space with those who brought water for the steeds. Men who held aloft torches to see by in the fading light and those who poured oil for set torches. The place reverberated with enthusiastic exclamations and celebratory shouts. Vandyatevan paused before entering the clearing, hesitation and a hint of despondence in his heart. Obviously, he had arrived in the midst of revelry, and this was not, he felt, a circumstance in his favor. And yet, he felt a keen desire to know the cause for the festivities. The gates did stand open, but were guarded by armored soldiers who held swords and spears in readiness. To tell the truth, they looked more like demons in death's abode than mere men. Hesitation would serve no purpose, decided our valiant young man. He would surely be noticed and stopped at once. No, riding full tilt at the soldiers and dashing through was the only way in. To think was to do in Vandyatevan's book, and he suited thoughts to action. But ah, what a disappointment! The moment he reached the entrance, two of the sentries barred his way, crossing their long spears. Four more grabbed hold of his horse's reins. One of them craned his neck and stared at the intruder. Another raised his oil torch against the young man's face for better visibility. So, Vandyatevan's voice rang with fury. This is how you treat your esteemed guests, is it? Is this your idea of hospitality? And who might you be, Tambi, with such an unruly tongue in your head? queried the sentry. You wish to know my name and designation? You may have them," bellowed Vandyatevan. "Vanagapadi is my country. I claim Tiruvallam as my city. Once upon a time, your men took pride in tattooing my valiant ancestors' names on their chest. I am called Vallavarayan Vandyatevan. Does that satisfy you?" "How impressive!" exclaimed the guard. "Pray, why not bring along a kattiya karan to bellow your titles before your arrival?" <laughs> the rest cackled in merriment. Whatever your title, you cannot enter the palace precincts at this hour," declared the chief of guards. "All our expected guests have arrived. Our master has issued orders not to let anyone else." By this time, the altercation at the palace entrance had attracted attention. Some of the guards who stood chatting just within the gates ambled forward to meet the feuding men. One of them directed a keen glance at the new arrival and perked up. "Aday, this looks like the mule we chased from the temple grounds this evening." "Call it an ass, idiot," <laughs> supplied a jester. "Ah, my friends, <laughs> do but take note of the proud bearing of the noble ass's owner," declared another. Even as Vandyatevan listened to these taunts, his mind spun through his options. 
Was there even a point in braving these men and entering the palace? Wouldn't a better purpose be served if we just turned away at this point? Perhaps he ought to just pull out and display Prince Aditya Karigala's royal insignia to these idiots. That would certainly shut them up. Who, after all, would dare to stop a man who bore the emblem of the commander-in-chief of the Northern Chola Armed Forces? Surely, no one from Vadapennai to Kumari, the tip of Tamilagam, would dare to even think of such a thing. The last of the Paravur men's heckling fell on his ears as he thought this, and he came to a swift decision. Let go of the reins. I am leaving," he announced, and the soldiers released him. Vandya Devan pressed his heels into the underbelly of his steed. At that very instant, he unsheathed his sword with a hiss from his scabbard. The flickering lights caught the metal. He swung the weapon with such force and dexterity that for a moment he resembled Tirumal wielding the divine discus with supreme confidence. The sword cut through the air with finesse. Vandya Devan's horse sprang through the gates. Soldiers standing on either side sprawled on the ground in an ungainly fashion. A dozen spears, supposed to be held in readiness, clattered to the earth wholesale. The Paravur men stood gaping as the horse bounded forward. A lightning-fast counterattack was the last thing on their minds, and when it seemed likely that their skulls would be broken, they scattered in every direction. Other events happened at almost the same time. The fort's enormous gates banged shut. Shouts rang all over the entrance. Get him! Get him now! Metal bruised metal as spears were picked up, swords were unsheathed, and the clang, clang, clang of weaponry rang through the courtyard. The palace drums scented danger and banged their warning through the land. Dadam, dadam, dadam. Twenty, thirty, fifty soldiers surrounded Vandya Tevan and his horse in an instant. The young man lost no time and jumped down at once. Kandamara, he yelled, brandishing his gleaming sword in a wide arc. Kandamara, your soldiers are murdering me. The converging men stopped and fell back, suddenly hesitant. Stop this instant! A stentorian voice thundered above them from the upper balconies of the palace. What is all the commotion down there? A few men could be seen in the vicinity of the voice, peering down at the palace entrance. Master, a man has just broken through the guards into the palace grounds," explained a soldier from below. "He mentions the name of our young master." Kandamara," bellowed the stentorian voice again. "Get down and see what the uproar is about." That bellow, Vandithevan speculated, probably belonged to Sengannar Sambuvarayar. He and the men surrounding him stood in place for the next few minutes. "What's happening here?" came a considerably youthful voice. The men promptly stepped aside and made way. A young man strode swiftly through the ranks and stopped at the extraordinary sight, taken aback. Vandya Devan stood in the midst of the soldiers, twirling his sword like the valiant Lord Subramanya, brandishing his divine weapon. Good God, my dear man, is that really you? And Kandamaran almost ran forward, folding his arms around the warrior in a crushing embrace. You've insisted time and time again that I visit you. But when I finally do, look at the hero's welcome I get. Vandya Tevan pointed at the men still surrounding them. Thick as post and just as intelligent, Kandamaran chided them. Get lost, you idiots. 
Kandamaran lost no time in grasping his friend's hand and dragging him through the entrance into the palace. His feet barely seemed to touch the ground. His heart fairly danced with enthusiasm as he rushed about, eager to point out the sights. Such after all is the case when one finds a friend after his own heart in one's early years. Oh yes, there was such a thing as romance. But love, even if it brought ecstasy, also came with its fair share of trials, tribulations and heartaches. But the friendship of youth? Ah, nothing existed then but joy and happiness. Not even the shadow of sorrow intruded upon it. By the way, Kandamara, Bandyatevan began casually as they raced along. I see the palace overflowing with guests and their entourage. What seems to be the special occasion? Why this security and guards all over the place? I'll come to that in a minute. But first, remember our days at the military encampment on the river Pennai? You'd go on and on about how you wish to meet Palavet Terrier, Malavarayar, that warrior and this one. Now, you can see them all. Right down to their staff, bodyguards and every stick and stone they own. Right here in this palace! Kandamaran exulted. The first place he took his friend to, when the first ecstasies of meeting were done with, was the section of the palace reserved for esteemed visitors. But before that came the host. Appa, haven't I mentioned often my dearest friend Vandyatevan of the Vanar clan? Well, here he is, announced Kandamaran, standing the young man in front of his father. Vandyatevan, true to his birth and breeding, bent low and folded his hands in respect. For some reason, Sambhuvarayar did not seem very happy with his presence. Is that so? Were you the reason for all the mayhem below? No, our so-called soldiers were. Kandamaran explained. Indeed, Sambhuvarayar raised an eyebrow. If you must know, Kandamara, I see no reason for your friend's arrival half a jamam after sunset today, and in such a chaotic fashion too. Kandamaran's face grew pinched, but it was obvious that he did not want to argue with his father. He took his friend aside and made haste to present him to Parivetariyar, seated majestically in a richly decorated throne in the midst of them all. Uncle, here is my dear friend Vandyatevan, descended from the illustrious Vanar dynasty. We served together on the border in the military encampment on the banks of the river Pennai. It has been his greatest ambition to meet you, warrior among warriors, for a long time. <laughs> I remember, he asked me if you really did sport 64 battle scars on your body. <laughs> Laughed Kandamaran. And I'd often reply, well... If you're really that doubtful, you could count them yourself. <laughs> Indeed, Tambi. Parvetariya looked him up and down. So, you don't believe that my scars do exist? Or is it your contention, perhaps, that no clan but the Vanars is capable of possessing such courage? The friend stared at him aghast. Neither had intended the words as anything but extravagant praise, and it had never occurred to them that the warrior would take offence. Vandyatevan felt irritation burgeoning within him, but quelled it before his face revealed it. Ayya, the Parivetariya's fame has spread through the length and breadth of our land from Imayam to the tip of Kumari, he said in his most respectful voice. Who am I to entertain the slightest doubts about their valour? 
not bad at all parvet terrier acknowledged you do possess brains i see there was nothing to be said vandit devan and kandamaran made their escape more relieved than they could say sambhu rayar took his son aside at the first opportunity you had better feed your precious friend and put him to bed somewhere out of everyone's way he whispered he is bound to be exhausted after a long day's travel marvel nodded roughly plainly furious later kandamaran shepherded his friend to the andapuram the ladies quarters where the women of the royal household were assembled in full force vandit even paid his respects here too falling at the feet of his friend's mother and gaining her blessings the young woman standing well behind the older lady overcome by shyness must have been vandit even guest kandamaran's sister the kadambur prince had described his younger sister in such glowing terms that she had in his overactive imagination acquired the status of nothing less than a goddess now that he had seen her in person vandit even was conscious of some disappointment his eyes roved over the women present gazing keenly at them which of them he wondered was the woman who had followed parvet terrier in her palanquin hidden meanings and explanations imayam the himalayas ungal arivu ulakke kodundadan the phrases kalki used to describe his characters and move the story along are almost as interesting as the story themselves he wrote ponni and selvan in the 1950s which means that many of the tamil phrases he used then are out of fashion today take for instance the phrase kandamaran uses in tamil when he is telling off his stupid soldiers muttalgala ungal arivu ulakke kolundada an ulakkai is a wooden cudgel bound by iron on both ends to pound grain there's no chance of it coming alive or sprouting leaves the soldier's intelligence was much the same non-existent